The following episode of Mark My Words has been edited for this rebroadcast. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mark My Words here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And today is August 10th, 2014. I'm Mark Shaw, broadcasting live from New York City. I'm a certified life and business coach, and twice per month I host Mark My Words, which is a life coaching-oriented show where I interview various people with inspiring life stories of overcoming adversity. I also speak with authors of great coaching-related books and programs, as well as many others who have great things to say, and even offer a little bit of free coaching on the on the Mark My Words radio program. So tune in the first and third Sunday of every month or just follow the schedule on the website at markmywordsradio.com, which sometimes varies from that slight, differently from that, that, that schedule. So tonight's show is the first Mark My Words free coaching hour, which I'm very excited about. And I can actually see there's already a few calls in the queue from people that I presume want some coaching. So tonight, I'm going to coach the world. So if there's something that you'd like coaching on, just give us a call here at the studio at 646-716-9397. That's 646-716-9397. I do hope to be able to get to all the calls that come in, and I will certainly do my best to do so. Uh, so before I take your calls, I just thought it would be helpful if folks understood uh, a little bit about the background uh, of, my, uh, of my coaching model. So I'm going to explain that a little bit, and uh, then we'll relate some of those concepts to the calls that we take. So the core energy coaching model that I use was actually developed by IPEC Coaching, which is where I was trained and certified as a coach and where I'm now an instructor. Many of you who are listening are actually IPEC graduates and students, so this information will be a nice review for you. For others, it will be an enlivening concept that you'll certainly be able to relate to from your own life. So when we talk about being stopped and getting what we want, we're ultimately talking about something that is on the inside rather than on the outside. So while it often looks to us as though other people or something outside of us are to blame or are in our way, it's ultimately how we view those external factors, also known as our level of consciousness, and how we relate to and respond to those inter- external factors that is the true enemy in our struggle to get where it is that we want to go. So let me explain this a little bit further. Do you ever notice how on some days something that wouldn't normally seem like a big problem suddenly does? Or sometimes the opposite is true. Something that usually would seem like a big problem suddenly doesn't. The thing itself is the same in both situations. But somehow we see it differently on those two different days. We see it from, uh, from, from a different perspective or how we, how we say consciousness level. So this consciousness level acts as a, a lens or a filter through which we view our circumstances in any given moment. And it's not just day-to-day or in a given moment that we have a consciousness level through which we view that. Through which we view that moment, we also have an overall level of consciousness through which we view our entire lives. So while we resonate around a given level in our lives, as we grow and develop ourselves, that level shifts and changes, and it gives us a, a new overall perspective, if you will. And situations that used to cause stress no longer do. 
For example, as we get older or as we grow, we become less triggered by things that triggered us when we were younger. And that's because our consciousness level, which ultimately leads to our perspective on life and subsequently those lenses and filters and our default reactions to things, that consciousness level has shifted. We know more about ourselves. We know more about the world. So in the end, what we have is that the results we have in our lives are determined by the way in which we view the world. The actions we take, or, or don't take for that matter, are ultimately determined by our thoughts about life, the world, the people in it, as well as the thoughts we have about ourselves. These thoughts, in turn, lead to the emotions that we feel, and then those emotions direct us to take the actions that we take or to avoid taking action altogether. So if it's the thoughts that ultimately govern the things that we do in our lives, the choices that we make, what is it that governs the thoughts? Well, it's our level of consciousness. So how does this relate to how we get in our own way? Well, it's simple. I'd like you to think about this for a second. How much success, joy, and happiness do you think we can achieve and sustain in our lives when our consciousness level has us view the world through a lens of conflict or a lens of victimhood or, as we say, of why me? Things happen to me. I don't have any control over it. If we view the world from a place of conflict or lack of control, right, then we can't really create much joy and happiness. But what if our filter was something else entirely different? What if it was a filter, instead of conflict or victimhood, what if it was a filter of responsibility or of concern for others in our lives? Much more success and happiness is available in that model, right? So if my, de if my default view of the world is that the world is an angry, lonely, and scary place with not enough to go around, well, I'm going to create a certain life around me. If my default view is instead one of trust and abundance, well, then I'm going to create a very different life out of the same exact set of circumstances. So I ask you to consider, what level of consciousness are you viewing the world through in your own life? So in the coaching that I do, we refer to these levels of consciousness as energy levels. And there's actually two types of energy. In layman's terms, it might be thought of as positive and negative energy. But in the language of core energy coaching, we actually word it a little bit differently because we take the value judgment of positive and negative or good and bad off of it. And they're called, the energy levels, the two, the two types of energy are actually referred to as catabolic and anabolic. So if anybody out there has a physics or chemistry background, you'll actually recognize those terms because they're borrowed from those two fields of study. Um, and basically, catabolic energy breaks down and destroys, and anabolic energy builds and heals. So catabolic hormones in the body, for example, break down and destroy the cellular structure in the body. So catabolic hormones that are most commonly known to most people are cortisol, which is also known as a stress hormone, and adrenaline. What these hormones actually do is when they're secreted into the bloodstream in response to uh, a perceived threat, okay, then what happens is the, they break down the cellular structure in the body to release the stored energy in the cells of the body so the body has that energy for immediate use to run away from the threat or to fight against it. Right? So that's how catabolic energy works. Anabolic energy builds and heals. So some of you uh, may know of, of athletes, for example. You hear athletes using using steroids for uh, athletic performance enhancement. They're actually called anabolic steroids because the chemical process by which they work is, is that they build muscle, and they actually do it faster than we would be able to do on our own without that kind of assistance. Unfortunately, uh, they have terrible side effects, which is why they are banned in most arenas. Um, but that is the chemical process by which they work. So I want you to think of catabolic and anabolic energy, not as good or bad or, po or positive or negative, but 
just in terms of what they actually do to our body and therefore our lives. So if you are taking a step off the curb and a car comes out of nowhere all of a sudden, you want that surge of catabolic energy to rush through your body so that you're propelled safely back to the curb before you even consciously are aware that this car is coming out of nowhere, and it'll save your life. That's why we don't say catabolic energy is bad. We say that it's destructive because it, destru it destroys the cells. But, again, there are times when that actually serves us and times when it doesn't. Prolonged exposure to it or exposure to it at times when it doesn't serve us, of course, then causes a longer-term problem. So that's the difference between anabolic and catabolic energy. So a given energy level or a given level of consciousness is either predominantly catabolic or it's predominantly anabolic. Right? So if it's catabolic, we might have core thoughts like conflict uh, and victimhood, which lead to anger and apathy and ultimately lead to lethargy, which is where we just feel like we don't want to do anything, or defiance, where we feel like we're fighting all the time. As we shift into consciousness levels that start to teeter more onto the side and in favor of anabolic energy, we have thoughts of responsibility, concern, and reconciliation. Those change the filters that we view the world with, and we end up with emotions more such as uh, forgiveness, compassion, and peace, and ultimately uh, that results in cooperation, service to others, and ultimately acceptance. Uh, and, and more acceptance of the way things are, which gives us more power to then create the results that we want. And then ultimately the highest anabolic levels of energy are synthesis and non-judgment. We see how everything is connected. We don't judge things as good or bad. Uh, and we experience feelings of absolute passion and joy. And that's when we can really access uh, our wisdom and truly create anything that we want in our lives. So what is it that keeps us from resonating as we speak at those higher levels of energy, those higher levels of consciousness. Well, there are what's known as catabolic energy blocks, and that's what we're going to focus on this evening, is the blocks that really get in our way that prevent us from experiencing more anabolic energy. They're distractions to us, right? So, um, and again, the more catabolic energy we're experiencing, we're experiencing at any given moment, you know, the more victim thinking and the more conflict thinking, the harder it's going to be for us to take actions that serve us and get us where we want to go. So what are those catabolic energy blocks? Uh, there are four of them. So first is limiting beliefs. And again, the IPEC folks out there will recognize this. Limiting beliefs, these are beliefs about yourself, about the world, about the people in it, about life in general that hold you back. They're beliefs that when we hold them, they prevent us from taking action. So if I'm a woman and I work in financial services and I have a limiting belief that says women don't get promoted in financial services, that holding on to that belief is going to be the thing that prevents me from taking action to get promoted and ultimately getting promoted more than the truth of the belief itself. It may be true and it may not be true, but holding that belief as truth is really what's going to limit us. Interpretations are when something happens, we make up a story in our mind about what happens. So somebody doesn't say hello to me at a party and I make up a story that they're being snotty and that they don't like me or they don't find me attractive or something like that, right? But in actuality, it could be any number of things uh, that have been going on about why they didn't say hello to me. They were on their way somewhere across the room and then they left. I mean, who knows? It may really have nothing to do with me. Assumptions are the belief that I know how things are going to turn out because I've been in similar situations before and this is how it turned out. So it's going to turn out that way again. And then, of course, the most insidious catabolic energy block, which is gremlins. Gremlins 
the inner critic, it's also known as. And this is the, the little voice inside your head that sits there and basically tells you that you're not good enough and you don't deserve the success that you want. You're not tall enough, you're not short enough, you're not pretty enough, you're too pretty enough, all of that stuff. Basically, at some fundamental level, you're not good enough and don't deserve to reach or sustain success. So it's that inner critic that tells you that, that little voice that tells you that. Now, some of you may actually be saying to yourselves right now, little voice inside my head, what little voice is he talking about? That's the voice I mean. So think about that. <laughs> See, inner critic. So those are the things that really keep us down and hold us back and prevent us from getting what we want. So what I'd like to do is hear from you tonight, um, and what is it that you want, and what is it that stops you from getting it? Where are you stuck? So uh, let's take a couple of calls now and see what's going on out there. So let's see. For the first one, I believe we have Emily from Florida. Emily, you are on Mark My Words. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, wow. Let's talk about synchronicity. Um, I loved what you were just talking about because it's right in line with a class that I'm taking right now uh, based on a book called, I don't know if you've heard of it, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Okay. Um, so what he does is, you have, yeah, it's, it's the photograph on the cover everybody knows with a fish jumping out of a fishbowl into a bigger one because it's all about moving out of your comfort zone. And what really struck okay, so me... Ironically, really, actually, I know you just interrupted oh, for one right. second. So ironically, that sounds like the picture that I chose on the Facebook uh, event that I created for tonight's show. It's got two fish, does it have two fish bowls next to each other, and yes. there's one with a lot of yes. fish in it, and one is jumping into one by itself? Yep. I had no idea that it came from that book. That's really funny. <laughs> that is so <laughs> wild. That's so well, you know what? That's the way the world works. Synchronicity, right? Exactly. Very cool. Synchronicity, right? Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so, so excited about that. Okay, so go ahead. Tell us about the book. Okay, so and, uh, what's so interesting about what he he talks about, which is very similar to what you were just talking about, which is that he calls it an upper limit problem, where as soon as we move out of our comfort zone, no matter where that is, some people live really big they still have that glass ceiling that they hit. And some people live small, and as soon as they walk out, they freak out. And, it's a and the reason that we feel this way when we move out of our comfort zone is because of the, the barriers that we put up. And you talked about blocks. And I've been thinking a lot lately about um, uh, blocks that I have worked through Yet I'm concerned that I'll put the coat back on. So I was wondering if you might be able to help me with that. Great. So you, you say you're concerned that you'll that you'll put what back on? Oh, put the coat back on, the coat of fear. Ah, okay. So once you step okay. outside the comfort zone, right? Once you step outside the comfort zone is where you're afraid you're then going to just kind of jump right, back. Because I, ha I am outside my comfort zone and things are going well now. Mm -hmm. but I'm afraid I'm going to sabotage myself. Okay, great. This is such a perfect, perfect example, Emily, and I'm really glad you called because um, this, is, this is what happens. You know, we have these, these messages of fear that hold us back, right? And then even when we do take the leap, 
the messages come back into play. They're still there. They still scream at us, right? The gremlins are still there going, you know, you might be successful at this after all, so maybe you proved this wrong, but you're not going to be able to sustain the success even if you do hit it, so you better stop now. How much does that sound like what you're feeling? <laughs> kind of exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kind of exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so tell me a little bit more, Emily, about the messages of fear that you, you think are going to come back and that held you back before you took the leap. And actually, I just want to say also, congratulations for taking that leap and going outside the comfort zone. I think it is definitely possible uh, for you to stay there. Um, partly because you're aware of what the forces are that are working against you uh, in staying there. So, so that's really, really great, and I'm sure it took a tremendous amount of courage for you to, to get there. And, of course, you want to stay there. So, so good for that, and good for you for that. Tell me about Thank what you. the Thank fear you. is. Certainly. Tell me about well, what the, the fear, fear is. The fear is that I'm not going to be able to sustain it because it, it's right now I have um, – gotten very involved in leadership position within my spiritual center. And I am front and center all the time. And I'm working and helping to really move our whole experience to the next level. And yet I sit, I sit with these people and I'm contributing every single week in major ways. And I think they're so much smarter than I am. I'm not going to be able to sustain this. They're going to find out who I really am. And there's this part of me that just, I don't want to do it. I want to run away. I want to not be involved. I want to not be so exposed, which is a real contradiction to my personality in a lot of ways. But I have this fear that it's kind of, I'm all fake. Yes, the imposter syndrome. Yes. Yeah. Although yeah, that's see, so, not what I'm getting from people at all. Yeah. I'm getting no, incredible getting Right. I'm getting incredible acknowledgement and um just uh incredible acknowledgement. Yep. Absolutely. And yet I find I, that I, one I, thing to hold on and pick at. Mhm. Sure. So and and it's interesting cuz in the face of all of the evidence of the contrary we still believe we're not good enough, right? <laughs> and it's it's just it's amazing how that how that works. And and it's funny because any of the any of the listeners out there who are coaches, particularly the IFAC grads, um, they're all probably sitting there jumping up and down, going, "It's a gremlin! It's a gremlin!" It's gremlin. Gremlin. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's the I'm not good enough a gremlin, right? And that at some level, there's a part of you, Emily, that believes, it sounds like, that you're not good enough, you don't deserve this, you're a big fake and a fraud and a phony, and they're all going to find out one day when you make one little mistake. Exactly. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. I have made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. And they, they uh-huh. haven't gotten rid of me yet. <laughs> yeah, the chances are they won't. But here's the danger. The danger is you will. Yes, that's, and that's, that's what I don't want to do. Of you, but you might. But I will, and I don't want to yes. do that. Yes, exactly. So tell me a little bit, Emily. Where 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 does the fear that you're not good enough? Where does that ultimately come from? It's not coming from the outside. It's not coming from them, right? It's not coming from that situation. 
So you right. brought it into that situation. Where is it coming from? Well, I think I've kind of always felt that way. It's like when I would get A's in school, I would be like, well, that comes naturally to me. And when I'd get C's, I'd say C. So I've I've never yeah. felt that I earned anything or that I really had a skill or abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like it was always with you from a very, very early time is what I'm hearing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you can recognize it from pretty far back. Yeah. Yes, I can. So, yeah. So, um, and a lot of times, I mean, the place to look at where these things come from is ultimately, of course, you know, what was our upbringing like? What messages were we told when we were a child and by whom, you know, about about not being good enough, you know? So, for example, um, uh, you know, kids who get bullied grow up with feelings of not being good enough when they're older. Um, they grow into adults, and those messages are still there and still running them in many ways, either preventing them from stepping out there and taking necessary risks or having them overcompensate and take risks that don't serve them just to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so it can actually work either way. So, um, you know, looking into your own life, uh, I, I, I want to ask you to share it on the show if you don't want to, but c- can you see where that might have come from for you? Well, uh, yeah, I have uh, a younger sister, and she was always the smart one. Mm-hmm. And my parents were intellectuals, and so I never, I didn't fit, I, I didn't feel that I was like that. So I always felt like an outcast, and that I wasn't good enough in my own family of these really, really smart, smart people, and really yeah, accomplished people. Yeah, living shadow. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's she was younger. Hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so why does tell me a little bit about why that has some more energy for you? The fact that she was younger. That that particular piece sounds uh, particularly important to you. Tell me. You know, that. I never thought of that before. Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, that's really interesting. Well, I guess because you typically hear about, you know, it's like, oh, you know, that whole Marsha, Marsha, Marsha from the Brady Bunch. And that the dynamic is uh, that the older sibling is the more accomplished one. Uh And the younger sibling lives in the shadow. Boy, is that, what what is that, an assumption, interpretation? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it it might be, it actually sounds more like it's a limiting belief. Limiting belief, okay. Um, I never thought of it like that before. How interesting. Wow, great. Great. See, now that frees up a little bit of energy, doesn't it? It's so, I have to tell you, my whole, I, I just stood up. I'm walking around. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This, yeah. That's really good, Mark. Well, well, good. I'm glad I was able to create that for you. And, and so what, what I want everyone to hear in that, by the way, is notice that, you know, Emily has not um, – solved her her challenge, right? We didn't solve your challenge. But what we've done is we've created what we call in coaching, particularly in core energy coaching, an energy shift where now your energy is a little less catabolic. Before, it's so shifted from, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, to, wow, I can see something I didn't see before. That's more anabolic. So now you've got more of an ability to access your creativity and your true power to really see something different and create a different result in your life. So... Let me let me ask you, Emily. When you um, 
how does it feel when you have those I'm not good enough messages, uh, I'm going to fail, I don't deserve this, they're going to kick me out of my spiritual center and all that. How does that make you feel? Oh, horrible. It makes me feel very small. Makes you feel small. Like physically no, great. small. Give me an emotion. Give me an emotion. What, what emotions come up when you feel small? I feel a lot of fear. It's, fear. it's a feeling okay. of, of wanting to um, hide. Yeah. And great. run away. So, there's a feeling of fear, you want to hide and you run away. And then what actions do you take around any of your responsibilities in the spiritual center or anywhere else when you're feeling that kind of fear and that kind of desire to run away? Oh, it can become paralyzing. Okay, it really so can. Where, where the attitude, and I haven't done it at the spiritual center, but the attitude, well, maybe that's not true, what I'm about to say. Um, but really the <laughs> attitude is, oh, I... I I'm not even going to touch it. I'm not even going to do the work because it's not right. going to be so good. And cool. I've never so the, gotten so myself action, into... The action then, it sounds like, is inaction, right? The action yes. you take, you, you, you stagnate, you hold back, right? Yes. Um, and that makes sense. You know, if you're feeling like you're not good enough and you're feeling all this fear being found out, it makes total sense that you would hold back, right? And then that, that, that you would get that result in your life. And then over the long term, you'll end up not successful in the role. So now that you've landed, though, on something, have a little bit of that shift, right? What do you see as a new thought that you'd rather have that would be more empowering for you than I'm not really good enough to do this and they're going to find out I'm a big, fail- I'm a big loser and I'm a big liar? <coughs> well, I didn't really realize before how much my mother compared me and my sister and mm-hmm. – and how she was always the winner and I was always the loser, and and how much that affected me. I never really thought that – I thought other things affected me, but I never, th- I never thought about this, where mm-hmm. it's everybody's better than me. Because I said that to yeah. you earlier. Everybody's better than I am. Well, I grew up in a, in a family where that's what I was told, including sure. my sure. younger sister, who I was supposed to – Take, uh, and I'm, I'm not saying this is true, but that idea of I'm supposed to take her by the hand and show her and teach her. And so, yeah. right? So let me so, just interrupt you for a second. And so what, what would be a new, more empowering thought other than those? Now okay. That kind of so, on that. A new thought would be that... I... It's really, it's not about anybody else. It's, I am incredibly capable and talented. I'm incredibly capable. I am talented. I I really am. I'm incredibly capable and talented. And that's where the sentence needs to end. Great. So when you say that sentence, Emily, what do you feel? What emotions come up? How do you feel? Um... I feel very proud, and I feel very, I feel proud, I feel relaxed, Mm -hmm. and I feel empowered. Great, great. So, 
feeling proud, feeling relaxed, feeling empowered, empowered, knowing that you're talented, knowing that you're capable, and that you're pretty darned awesome, right? What's one thing that you can do tomorrow that you might not otherwise have done? What's something that you can now do and move forward with, perhaps within your role in the spiritual center? Oh, no, I was just thinking that as you said it. Actually, uh, I, I... I was I wanted to put an email together with recommendations about um, some changes that I would like to recommend in terms of the program, and uh-huh. I was a little hesitant to do that because I thought oh, other people are doing it and they're smarter than me. Um, and I'm going to do that tomorrow. Excellent, excellent, great, great. So, uh, wonderful. So we wrestled a, a gremlin a little bit there, right? Crazy. So, uh, congratulations. That's really great. And, uh, I'm really glad you called. And if you would like to send me a note, uh, after you've done that through Facebook or whatever, then, uh, you know, to, so I can hold you accountable as we coaches do, uh, I would love that. That would be great. I'd love to hear about the outcome. Beautiful. Great. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> really? You're welcome, Emily. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad that you called. Thank you so much for calling in to mark my words. So, uh, great. So you can see how these gremlins and these, these catabolic energy blocks can really hold us back. And if we just remove a little bit of them, we can start to have what it is that we want in our life. So uh, a couple more callers that uh, I'm going to take in just a few moments that we'll get to. But first, uh, we're going to take a short break while I announce some great stuff that's available to you as a Mark My Words listener from our sponsor, Audible.com. Mark My Words is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, which is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're listening to us right now on. And if you sign up at our unique URL, which is audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. You get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of service. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And there's some really great titles, actually, that relate directly to tonight's topic that are available on Audible. Uh, Here are some. Uh, Taming Your Gremlin, A Surprisingly Simple Method for Getting Out of Your Own Way by Rick Carson. It's a completely updated edition of his 1983 classic that introduced a powerful method for gaining freedom from self-defeating behaviors and beliefs. Uh, So Rick Carson, the creator of the renowned Gremlin Taming Method, has revised the book to include fresh interactive activities, real-life vignettes that we can all identify with, and some new loathsome gremlins ripe for taming. Carson blends his laid-back style, Taoist wisdom, and Zen theory of change with sound psychology and an easy-to-understand, unique, and practical system for banishing that nemesis within. So among the things that you'll learn are techniques for getting a sliver of light between the natural you and the monster of your mind, the extraordinary power of simply noticing and playing with options, and six keys to maintaining emotional balance amid upheaval. Uh, That's available on Audible. Also available on Audible is the book that uh, that our caller, Emily, just mentioned, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Uh, reading it as from there, most of us believe that we finally feel satisfied and con- we will finally feel satisfied and content with our lives one day when we get the good news we've been waiting for, when we find a healthy relationship or we achieve one of our personal goals. However, this rarely happens. 
It rarely happens. The goals happen, but the true happiness that we think we're going to get once we get there doesn't happen. Good fortune is often followed by the negative emotions, or as I describe them, catabolic emotions, that overtake us and result in destructive behaviors. And again, our caller, Emily, uh, alluded to how that was working for her. And then lastly, I love this title, Life Coaching for Dummies, <laughs> written by Jenny Purdy. Chock full of tips and techniques on improving performance, achieving your goals, getting balance in your life. Life Coaching for Dummies will help you get your priorities straight, be more productive, and get more of what you want out of your life. As the pressures of modern life increase, balancing a career, a family, a social life, and finances have become more challenging, there seems to be less and less time to sit back and reflect on where our lives are going. So uh, life coaching for dummies can certainly give you some insights into how to manage that. So let's get back to our show. Let's get back to tonight's topic here on Mark My Words. We're taking your calls on the show tonight and offering some free coaching on what holds you back. We've been talking about how we're held back by things on the inside more than things on the outside, sets of limiting beliefs that we hold dear to, assumptions we seem to not be able to let go of, interpretations that seem like the truth, and gremlins, the inner critic, that tell us that we're not deserving of what we want or are somehow not good enough to achieve it. So let's move on to our next caller. I'm so excited we have people waiting to, to be coached. So let's see. Uh, let's go to Jeff from New York. Jeff, you're on the air on Mark My Words. Hi, Mark. Thanks for calling on me. Oh, certainly. Thanks for calling in. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to talk to you. It's good to talk to you, too. What's going on for you? Well, um, I wanted to talk to you uh, and get some coaching on um, a project that I'm working on, which is um, I feel like I'm ready to have a romantic relationship and uh, I really want to begin that. I really want to find someone to share my life with and um, share all the wonderful blessings and, and things that are going really, really well for me right now. And, um, you know, it's just not happening for me, frankly. Mm, okay, great, great. So first of all, congratulations. It sounds like there's some really great things going on in your life that you're saying you want to share with someone. Absolutely. Well, good. Congratulations for that. Um, so, tell me a little bit. And you know, it's 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 quite normal that when, it's, particularly when things are going well, that we like to have people to share them with, and especially someone really special. Uh, you know, someone that we're involved with romantically that we know just has our back through life, and we have theirs, and we're kind of on this journey together, right? So, the longing yeah. that you have to have somebody uh, in, in in that role with you. Uh, is it, it just makes so much sense, um, as well as having someone there when things aren't going well. Um, you know, it's nice to, uh, it's certainly wonderful and quite necessary as human beings that we have that partnership with someone. So uh, so I hear your desire loud and strong there, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I really look forward to having that kind of support system and um, having someone you know, to cook me a meal if I had a bad day or uh, let me cook a, him a meal if uh, he had one, a bad day. And, you know, um, I, I think I'm just tired of flying solo, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Can I ask how old you are, Joe? I'm going to be 30 next month. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, well, happy, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. So oh, what a nice birthday present that would be for your 30th, huh? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? That would be, that would be. 
So great. So let me ask you, Jeff, what what is it that you believe is in your way of finding the man of your dreams? Uh, gosh, um, I have a lot of things coming up for me in response to that. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, one of the biggest ones is this idea, um, you know, to be totally honest, I've never really had, I have never had a long-term relationship with anyone, and I um, I didn't feel ready and I didn't know myself very well for a very long time, and I'm, I'm happy to say that that has changed, you know, in the, in the recent past, but I, I wonder if I were to meet somebody who, who meets all my standards and shares a lot of my values and, and wants to live a happy and healthy and, um, you know, virtuous life, uh, I would wonder if he'd be, if he'd have a problem with the fact that I've never really had a relationship with anyone. Hmm. And what what is it that you believe would be the problem that he would have with the fact that it's your first long-term, intimate, committed relationship? Gosh. I sort of feel like that's sort of a silly thing to worry about, but um, like like I'm being silly for worrying about something like that, but I don't know. I wonder if red flags would go off or you'd think, oh, it's going to be a lot of work for me to teach this person how to how to be in a relationship and how to communicate and how to negotiate and how to uh, express yourself in a relationship. And um, I guess I guess that's just very important for me to know is that I'll need somebody who's a wonderful teacher uh, in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. And I'm, I'm curious, Jeff, um, where where does the notion come from for you that there's some sort of requirement on by when somebody should have had a relationship in order for, the, for them to qualify to have a relationship? Yeah, where does that come from? Um, does that make sense to you? Yeah. Does that sort of encapsulate the uh, belief there? I know this is coach speak, but I'm I'm smelling a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm smelling a little bit of a limiting belief. Oh, okay. More than a gremlin. Because I'm not, well, there's a little bit of an I'm not good enough or I won't be perceived as good enough because I haven't had a relationship yet. But I'm hearing it more yeah. as, a, as a generally held belief about life that you have that people prefer by age, by, by age 30 to be dating somebody who has dating experience and has intimate relationship experience. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I I do believe that. I think I do believe that. that. So good. So wait, I appreciate the awareness there. Um, yeah, it's great because that's where that's where this all starts. So so you, then you're aware that you have this belief that you're somehow seen one who hasn't been in an intimate relationship by age 30 is somehow seen as deficient in that department, and it's going to be harder mm-hmm. for them to find a relationship. Yeah. Um. So where does that come from, Jeff? Uh, I I wish I could pinpoint it. I I definitely do have this uh, voice that you know 
says to me, people, you know, I'll see friends who have been in long-term relationships. I'll go to weddings. You know, my friends from college are starting to get married. Many of them are married, and um, uh, people move in together. And um, uh, I felt this way about other things, too. I felt like there's a race, uh, and I'm I'm in last place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's a very, very common feeling. Um, and I, I hear it. I mean, I hear it. I, I used to hear it so much in the uh, in the world of straight dating and relationships. It, it's kind of almost cliche in that world, right? Because everyone goes to their friends' weddings. And now, yeah. with same-sex marriage, um, you know, being uh, moving forward in the country and and getting where it's supposed to be, and more and more people are getting married and pronouncing their relationships and 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 whatnot. Um, you know, gay men are falling in, and, and and gay women are falling into the same sort of thing now, because now we're all seeing our friends uh, get married, or or somehow have some you know uh, spousal equivalent relationship that they've arranged. Sure. Um, so you know, so it makes total sense. We always hear this. You know, the people that aren't married yet are always in this 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 conversation of like, uh oh, like who's going to be last? Is it going to be me? So it's very right. common. Very, very, very common what you're feeling. Um, so, what, I'm curious, Jeff. What what is it that's under that might be underneath the not having been in a relationship before now? Mm-hmm. What What do you think was has been in the way of that? You said before that uh, you didn't know yourself, and there were some other things. So, what what yeah. was in your way of having a relationship before now? Um. I mean, I can think of many things. I, I didn't actually know that I was a gay man, believe it or not, until well into my 20s. Um, and uh, that that was a good realization, um, albeit maybe a little bit later than, than other people that I know. Um, uh, for years I struggled with money and employment and just, trying to balance everything in my life and make rent and things like that. And, um, you know, I have a little bit of a background of overworking. Um, um, oh, gosh, I, I don't mean to uh, overload you, but I, I definitely there were times in my past where I felt like I was very unattractive and not uh in good enough shape or didn't have the right clothes or things like that and i i'm so proud to say i've worked on myself a lot since then and i don't feel that way anymore mm-hmm. great so so thank you for 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 sharing all that um sure it it sounds to me jeff like the the, the last ones that you mentioned mm-hmm. uh are are really the gremlins that have held you back I'm not good-looking enough, I'm not attractive enough, I don't have the right body, I don't wear the right clothes, I don't have the right look. Hmm. And those have held you back for quite some time. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what is it, what emotions do you, do you experience, do you feel when you have those, when those thoughts come up? 
Um, uh, well, I think part of the reason that I, sorry, that's not an emotion, um, sadness, uh, anger, regret, um, um, pity. Mm-hmm. Like self-pity? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anger, sadness, regret, self-pity. Yeah, those are pretty intense emotions. Definitely. So when you're thinking that you're not good enough and all that kind of stuff and you and you feel the anger, the resentment, the sadness, the, the pity, the self-pity, what what actions do you take? Hmm. What actions? Um, I I don't always do it, but I I do try to do something that makes me feel good, um, like exercising or getting out on my bike, getting some sunshine. Um, sometimes I'll talk to a friend. You know, um, I I have a few people in my life who I know I can talk to and just feel feel uh, a lot of relief. Um, I volunteer for a great organization, and obviously, you know, if, you know, but timing-wise, but um, I, I love uh, focusing on other people. Sometimes I throw myself into my work. Um, sometimes I will eat something that uh, maybe is not on the uh, approved list, but, um, you know, it, I guess it depends. Mm-hmm. So, so how often now, Jeff, is it that that's the pattern that you see? That you have those, you know, the the I'm not good enough thoughts um, mm-hmm. tied in with the limiting belief too. Of, you know, people aren't going to want me because it's my first relationship when I'm 30. Um, yeah. And then you have the feelings of of loneliness and sadness and despair. And then you go ahead and you know, either eat things that aren't good for you that might put some weight on you, or um, delve into work, which you described earlier was something that kept you out of a relationship all this time. You said you, you tended to work quite a bit, right? Certainly. How, how often is it that that, that, that cycle is, is what you live in? How often do I take one of those two actions? Yeah. yeah. Well, how often do, is it that you have those thoughts and feelings and take one of those two actions? Like 50% of the time, 100% of the time, 2% of the time. If you had to put a number on it, where would you put it? Uh, of the time in my whole life? Like uh, in my... Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, uh, in in the present, in the in, in any, on any given day presently. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, I how don't much time do you spend there? Uh, um, in any given day... Um, no more than an hour. Okay. All right. So it's not a ton. Right? No. Um, no. And I'm getting clearly that it used to be regularly occurring. Yes. But things have turned around in your life in the past, you know, in the recent past, and that's really turned around. So you don't spend nearly as much time there as you used to. That's right. Which is great. Um, one of the things about uh, about catabolic energy is that it doesn't take a lot of it to hold us back. <laughs> um, and 
it's so you know what might be going on there for you is that you still have some of that, and that that's and that that's holding you back. And what you're adding to it is the fact that there's somehow that makes you not good enough that you haven't had a relationship until now. Mm. You, know, you add all all that together, right? And and what you get is you know again an inability to move forward. So let me ask you this, Jeff: If you didn't have that going on, if you didn't have that belief and you didn't have those gremlins about yourself, what would you be doing differently that you're not doing now? Uh, I think I would make more time for social events and you know, meeting people in my city and uh, really investing in it the way that I invest in work, frankly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can see then that the action that you're taking is actually you're refraining from putting yourself out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, when you have the opportunity, see if you can isolate this, when you have an opportunity to put yourself out there, and you know whether it's to go to a speed dating event or get set up on a blind date with somebody or however it is you you might meet somebody, and you stop and you don't follow through to make that happen. What is it that's coming up for you in that moment that makes you decide to stop? What thought? Oh, honestly, the thought is. I'm not going to meet anybody special there anyways. Mm. And, and and why is it that you think you won't meet anybody special there anyway? What's the reason you kind of make up about that? Um, gosh, what a question. I won't meet anybody special there because um, all the special people are taken, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Just saying it out loud, it, it, uh, I'm hearing the ridiculousness of it. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it's another limiting belief, yeah. right? All the good men are taken. <laughs> It's like it's like straight women say all the good men are either gay, married, or broke, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we I say hear no, they're sister. all straight, married, or broke, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's interesting when you say it out loud, right? What did you say you see in it? It's ridiculous. Yeah. What's ridiculous about it? Well, I mean, for one, I think I'm pretty special, and I'm not taken. Okay, great. I love that. Yeah. What else? Why else is it ridiculous? Uh, because I I know lots of um, lovely people who you know maybe aren't right for me, but who are who would make great partners, who uh, are totally ready and totally special. Um, it just, I don't think there's any evidence to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah. What, what else, what are some of the other thoughts that come up that stop you in the moment from following through mm-hmm. on going to an event? In addition to there's not, there's not going to be anybody special there. Mm-hmm. What other thoughts come up that stop you? One thought is uh, people are going to be doing stuff there that I don't really want to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe like drinking too much. Okay. Okay. So it would make sense that you won't want to go if some of the activities that are happening are things that turn you off. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, it's interesting, and I I think this is also very common uh, in the gay community, uh, because of the high rate, so I hear this a lot, because because of the high rate of uh, alcohol and drug abuse in the gay community. There are lots of you know, gay men out there that are in recovery, and it's very challenging for them uh, to go into the dating world because so many dating events you know, involve at least alcohol. And then if we're talking about dance clubs and stuff like that, you know, all kinds of other stuff. Sure. Uh, that isn't a supportive environment. So there's many reasons. Um, I don't know if, that's, if any of that's in your history or not, but, I mean, there's just many reasons for people particularly gay men, wanting to avoid some of the traditional events. So it's, it's not uncommon at all, Jeff, for, uh, for men to want to, to, to really find the traditional environments for meeting people uh, to be unappetizing. Right? Mm. So um, let me ask you this. What kinds of environments do you think for you are would be really, really good and really enliven you that you'd want to go to where those things aren't happening? Hmm. Uh, I have to say, I I get really um, in my element when I'm doing something athletic or um, kind of physical. Mm -hmm. And I've participated in those sorts of events before and even planned a few and they've been nothing short of of wonderful and and delightful and you know maybe afterwards people go out for a drink or things like that but in general I think people who are well it depends but um, I think I'm pretty likely to find at least one other person who's not a big drinker type uh, like me Mm -hmm. yeah great if you were to plan the perfect dating event that you would benefit as well as other men that you know would benefit mm-hmm. by going, other people in your community and stuff, what what would that look like? Oh, wow, you're asking me to be very creative, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turn the right brain on. Turn the right side of your brain on a little bit there. <laughs> um. Would definitely, I would love to. Um, I think my ideal event would be outside and um, maybe involving some sort of sporting event or um, running or biking or weightlifting or something like that. Um, you know, and something not too intense uh, that gives people a chance to talk. Mm hmm. 
And, and where do you think you might be able to find some such events that might actually already exist that are like that? Hmm. I think I could probably start with the LGBT Center here in my city. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Excellent resource. Uh, yeah, can I, for sure. Can I suggest one or two other uh, one or two other resources that might be helpful? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Great. So um, I don't know if you've heard of the Front Runners, uh-huh. um, which the Front Runners is uh, an LGBT running group. And they're all runners, and they do different running events. They run on weekends. They, go, they do marathons. They do, you know, all kinds of running events. Um, and uh, very, very, very popular. There's also, I mean, that's one of the things about living in New York is, is just there's this like plethora of, you know, of ways to meet people if you're gay that don't exist in, in, in smaller uh, areas. But there's the Gay Volleyball League. There's the Gay Bowling League. There's, you know, I'm sure there's probably gay bike riding groups and stuff like that that you could probably find on meetup.com. Um, or you can even create one on meetup.com. Um, you know, so those are some things that are also possibilities. Which of those sound like they just they kind of resonate with you? Oh, I would love to create my own, uh, like a CrossFit meetup. Um, I've gotten really involved in that world in the last year or so, and uh, particularly my gym. But um, uh, I definitely see uh, possibilities with that. Great. Great. So again, we haven't solved your entire issue, but it sounds like we've, you know, we've we've uncovered and shifted a couple of things that are at the the foundation of this. You've uncovered some some feelings of inadequacy that that still kind of linger with you, some limiting beliefs that are there that you that you described as ridiculous once you gave voice to them, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, some possible things that you might be able to do that will challenge the limiting belief that you have, that there's not going to be anybody good there because of the things that go on, right, and those sorts of things. Um, so we, uh, we're we going to have to wrap because we're about at the top of the hour of the show, but let me just ask you this. What, what's the most valuable insight that you got from, from our conversation tonight, Jeff? I have to say it would be uh, that I'm I'm stronger and better and and more special and more beautiful than uh I even know and I really I really felt that uh getting coached from you and actually there's something you said before we even started about how um sometimes when people get older um the, their consciousness level goes up and they their insecurity level uh goes down and um I I have to say I I've definitely felt that and uh I love that that little bit of wisdom. Mm, great. Well, glad to hear it. Glad to hear yeah. it. So, Jeff, thanks for thanks for the call, and certainly feel free to follow up with me on Facebook um, and how things progress. I'd love to hear how that goes for you. Count on it. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome, Jeff. Thanks for the call. You too. So, great. So you're able to see how these limiting beliefs and, and, and gremlins particularly can really, really hold us back. Um, so uh, hopefully that uh, uh, as you're listening, you're able to, to, to hear uh, your own gremlins, your own assumptions, your own interpretations, and your own limiting beliefs that might be holding you back. 
Um, so, and before we close up on that, I just want to uh, share a couple of things that are some of the exciting things that are coming up that will be hosted by my awesome colleagues here on the Life Coach Radio Network's team of talented and dedicated coaches. All of us dedicated to making your life just a little bit more of what you want it to be. So some upcoming shows tomorrow, August 11th at 8 p.m., Spiritually Speaking with Jen and Rebecca. So join Reverend Jen and Rebecca every second and fourth Monday evening for conversations about life, faith, the arts, current events, and spirituality. Friday, August 15th at noon, train your brain to come up I'm sorry, train your brain to up your game with Coach Mandy. So join Coach Mandy Rosniak uh, of Inner Winning Coaching the first and third Friday of each month at noon Eastern Time. Mandy's a sports performance specialist in the core performance dynamics model. She helps athletes eliminate distractions, increase confidence, and overcome all internal and external, some of what we were talking about, challenges uh, to performance so they can bring out their true power and potential to play at a level that they never believed possible. And her topic go way beyond just the skills and drills of sport, um, and many of the concepts and discussions are beneficial to everyone, not just athletes. Such topics as how energy affects performance, goal setting, developing leadership skill, and being your best self, and eliminating self-sabotage. And then, of course, my next show is Sunday, August 17th, and you can actually go to blogtalkradio.com slash network and scroll through the upcoming episodes until you find the next episode of Mark My Words and click the blue reminder button, and then you'll get reminded and you won't miss the show. Well, that about wraps it up for tonight, as I invite you to mark your words if you'd like. If you have feedback about the show, just go to markmywordsradio.com and scroll down to the feedback link. If you'd like to follow the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, just visit us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash lifecoachradionetwork, and then click on the follow button. Also, visit our website at www.lifecoachradionetworks.com and learn about all of our networks. I hope you enjoyed the past hour and that you found it engaging, enlightening, and stimulating. You can listen to Mark My Words live on the first and third Sundays of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as listen to any previous show from my archives at markmywordsradio.com and on iTunes by searching Mark My Words. I look forward to speaking with you all again next time. Thank you for listening to Mark My Words. I'm Mark, and those are my words. Good night. <laughs>